0: I am so proud to present the first episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Thank you so much for checking it out. You'll hear me say thank you way more at the end of the episode. This show is all about learning more about the authors that have inspired us and diving into the stories that they not only created, but lived as well. So join us as we explore the worlds that are just out of reach. Today we're talking about C.S. Lewis and his earlier life leading up to the point where he joined the military and went off to war. Life stable, Lewis, also known as Jack to his friends, was no foreigner to pain and strife. And we dive into his acceptance of that and the realization that growing up, he was never a Christian. Also, we're going to talk about his spanking fetish. This is a multiple episode series where we cover his life, imagination, as well as some of the more subtle themes he laid into his works. If you want to know Lewis for more than just a Christian apologist or to understand the personal history that helped to create a beloved fantasy, This is a great place to start. All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I am Tyler Claussen, and with me is
1: Hannah Ray Lambert.
0: Welcome, Hannah. I shouldn't say welcome like you're the guest.
1: I'll say welcome to you.
0: Oh, welcome both of us. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's great that we're both here. To my (laughs) (laughs) podcast, in your podcast. We do have a guest, kind of. Sitting on the couch with me is our is our friend Amy.
1: Here at the Book Nook.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. We're, we're recording in a bookstore.
1: Which is the perfect setting for this because for we're going to talk about books. Yeah.
0: So if you stumble across this podcast and you're like, what's this podcast about? Honestly, we don't entirely know yet because this is the first episode. But the hope is that we're going to dive into authors and their books and their stories, both on the page and off the page and try to discover our new favorite authors
1: yeah and the writing process in general we're both writers ourselves so that'll probably come up uh,
0: if you're wondering where the title comes from it is uh my two favorite authors in the world c.s lewis and h.p lovecraft two completely different authors two completely different men uh, who have influenced my own work and the lives of so many people so kind of that that in between area is where we're going to be sitting with all the other people. Uh, so we're hanging out at the book nook, um, which is the only place in our hometown that I come to now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's not a lie either. Like anytime you come into the book nook, you'll probably see Tyler.
0: Yeah. I just hang out on these super radical golden sofa and chairs. What color would you say that these are Amy? Uh, a weird looking yellow.
1: She said a weird looking yellow for yeah. those who couldn't hear her. Um,
0: what would you say? I don't know. This?
1: Gold? <laughs> they're a little bit shiny, so <laughs> I'd say gold. They are shiny. They're... Well,
0: they're gold, but not very gold. They're kind of gold. Not very gold. gold. Yeah. So we, we're hanging out here, and oh, that's going to get super annoying if it keeps doing that. Oh, it's going <laughs> to do it every time. So we are, this is the first episode. We're still trying to get figured out. Okay, we're back. And I fixed the problem. He thinks. Because I'm a technical genius. Technical
1: something. The way that
0: C.S. Lewis was a literary genius. You like that segue?
1: Transition. transition.
0: We're going to talk about C.S. Lewis.
1: Yep, and I think the first thing we should decide on is uh, what are we going to call him? Because he has a lot of names he goes by.
0: Yeah, he does. There's there's Clive. Mm -hmm. uh, There's Lewis. Mm -hmm. There's Jack.
1: And for people who, like me, might be confused about why a guy named Clive would go by Jack... Uh, Do you know the backstory, Tyler?
0: I do, but only I don't. I think I only know it because of your outline, maybe because I don't think they had it in my book that I was reading.
1: That seems like something that they should really establish up front because I was very confused about why I picked up this biography on (laughs) C.S. Lewis and it was called Jack. Jack. (laughs) I was like, who is Jack? Um, This
0: guy didn't know Jack.
1: (laughs) But no, so he started going by. Uh, Jaxie when he was four mm-hmm. and his beloved pet dog got hit by a car. Right. So it's kind of sad. Uh, he refused to go by anything other than Jaxie and then as he got older he finally let people start calling him Jack which I think is a lot better. It's more respectable than Jaxie. Right. Jaxie.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine like at his graduation and the valedictorian is <laughs> Jaxie
1: Lewis. That's
0: a terrible uh, English accent but you guys are going to have to get used to that because He was English. He was English.
1: (laughs) So I'm gonna do that a lot. Actually, no. He's Irish. He was born in Belfast. Right. Oh, we're getting into it. Yeah. Oh man, that was an even
0: smoother transition than mine.
1: Well, you know, set me up for a correction, and I can be like, technically, actually, actually, you need
0: glasses just so that you can push them up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tyler has glasses. If you've never seen him in real life. he pushes them up sometimes and looks very intelligent.
0: If we ever do <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. If we ever do photos like as like a promotional thing, I'm not gonna wear my glasses in them. I think oh. I've decided not to wear glasses in pictures anymore. Why? Uh, because I don't I've I don't like the way that they look. And I think they're more of like a thing that you if if I don't wear them, and people are like, "Oh, he's just a regular-looking guy," and then they meet me on the street and I'm wearing glasses, they're gonna be like, "Oh, he's actually super smart-looking." Right? Like, it's that kind of set a new expectation.
1: So you want people to not think you're smart?
0: Exactly. I so want they have everyone low standards. I low want everyone who listens to this podcast to know Hannah's the smart one. Oh, and Tyler's the clown. And that's a
1: lot of pressure.
0: Well, you didn't write mostly. the entire outline for the episode.
1: That's because Tyler's lazy. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> he did all of this work. First episode. <laughs>
0: and she's figured it out.
1: No, it's okay. Tyler's going to do most of the talking. I like the the background work. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She thinks I'm going to do most of the talking, but
1: he's just going to like sit there awkwardly and make me fill the silence. Yeah, definitely. It's a good reporter trick. <laughs>
0: Uh, So let's get let's get into it Uh, because we've already been talking for like five minutes and uh, We've only slightly gotten into C.S. Lewis and who he was We're going with uh, C.S. Lewis first uh, because his name comes first in the title of our show Um, And so uh, and he really like growing up. He was 100% my favorite author Um, Reading the Narnia books and then once I got older and I got into more serious tones of stuff I started reading the screw tape letters Mere Christianity, The Great Divorce. These are books that he wrote that um, are allegories. If, uh, Mere Christianity is more of a, a collection of essays, but the screw Tape Letters, The Great Divorce, those are allegories for a Christian lifestyle, which is what I've lived my entire life. And um, it's easier to uh, read those as a a believer and put them into practice than Narnia, (laughs) you know, like, like, oh yeah, just go through a wardrobe and, and you'll find Jesus. It's totally fine.
1: (laughs) I mean, that seems a lot easier. I wish it were that easy.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. I have gone into every wardrobe I've ever seen and I haven't found Jesus in the back of any of them or a lion
1: or a lion. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down with either.
0: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of his writings have influenced my own life, my own writing style and and all that. so um, I wanted to start with him because I've known of him longest
1: and I think it's super interesting. I didn't know prior to researching him him for this, um, I think it's interesting that he is such a staple in Christian literature, right when for a good portion of his life, he considered himself an atheist, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what towards his late 20s is where he started to slightly yeah allow God into the conversation so
1: but still not in like a super positive way
0: (laughs) right right uh and we're definitely going to get into that um if not in this specific episode you know this isn't going to be a a Lewis podcast but we're probably going to talk about his works and his life a little bit more as things go on I I definitely want to set the tone the expectation that we're we're just investigating these authors and doing one one hour episode on an author at a time you're not going to get everything so you know as we as we discover more of of stuff we're always going to be interested in talking about that and listeners i'm already going to throw it out to you if you guys have information or or questions that we can look into don't be afraid to uh to talk to us um we'll have our contact info at the end of the show i'm not going to push it too much right now because i'm I'm really excited you
1: can't remember our email address can you 100% yes (laughs) (laughs) Just had to put him on the spot there But anyway, so shall we
0: Let's get into into it it? Let's jump into it So
1: starting with the basics And I'll reference the outline here um, As I mentioned I like how
0: she's not even looking at the outline I'm I'm not She's she's memorizing this
1: I'm pretending right here But no, I'm going to (laughs) look at it So C.S. Lewis uh, Stands for Clive Staples Lewis, by the way Which
0: Is it Staples?
1: Staple? Staples? I think it is
0: Oh, she's gotta look at her book.
1: I do, because I didn't actually write out what his name was. Uh,
0: Which I find hilarious.
1: Staples, plural.
0: Staples. Quick, quick little. Already, I'm getting sidetracked, but it's really funny because in I didn't, I didn't know what C.S. Lewis or C.S. stood for as growing up, but when I was in middle school, I broke my elbow twice, and uh, I had to have surgery on it a few times, and they put staples into my arms. So my nickname through all of high school was Staples.
1: Wow. wow you are really connected to i know to us.
0: i didn't even know at you that didn't time, even know right yeah. wow your
1: life is like one big metaphor <laughs> allegory something <laughs> your life is something tyler
0: so clive staples lewis
1: <laughs> born in belfast ireland in 1898 so at the turn of the century
0: 1898
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, cow. his father was welsh um and his mom was of scottish descent um And her father was actually the priest of the church that his dad, Albert, attended. Mm -hmm. Um, So the interesting thing about his mom specifically is that She was kind of not that into his dad. I don't know if you got that in the biography you were reading.
0: Uh, I got a little bit of that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) She was kind of cold hearted and I love that about her, Um, but I don't know that it made her a great mom, but she dated Albert's brother first, then led Albert on for many, many years before finally agreeing to marry him, but like not enthusiastically at all. Right.
0: And see all of that, I got the condensed version. I didn't know that she dated his brother. Yeah. Like that's super weird. Uh, and then uh, in in the in the book that I was reading, which is The Narnian, he talks about how the uh, the mom was like very logical in everything she she did, and she wrote a letter to him where she said, "You know, I know that I like you, but do I love you?" Like she's actually yeah. asking him <laughs> yeah. after he proposes.
1: I was cringing when I. When I read some of that, I was just like, girl, you are being harsh. Yeah, um, but yeah, at some point, she was just like, oh, I kind of like him as a friend and I don't want to lose him. So I guess I'll marry him. And also, yeah. I'm getting old. So. And,
0: and her name was uh, Flora. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She was very smart. Like, from what I was reading, she was really good at school, but her parents were not good parents. Right. All. Yeah. Right.
0: And yeah, she was a mathematician and mm-hmm. a, like a logical, I don't know what the term is for someone who studies logic.
1: Oh. logistician logistician that <laughs> sounds that very wrong up. but it could be right A
0: logistician if you ever claim to be a logistician i think that automatically negates you from yep. using logic
1: <laughs> but yeah um so their family seem to be in a good place financially like middle class but i guess middle class back then you had servants and stuff so mm. Yeah. What a time to be alive. I'm,
0: I've definitely never been middle class. <laughs> yeah, I guess. right? We are in <laughs> <American> poverty. <laughs> middle class sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Clive, Jack, whatever you want to call him, he grew up with an older brother named Warren, who was like his best friend, basically. Yeah. They were, I mean, they lived together practically their whole lives.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was, there was time from when Warreny went off to college, mm-hmm. and then eventually Jack went off to college and for basically those years specifically they didn't live together yeah but like the rest of their lives both before and after college they eventually just spent their whole life together
1: yeah so i assume they were very close (laughs) you would think (laughs) so (laughs) i mean they seem to get along quite well i like my brothers
0: but i could not live with them
1: i don't know if i could either right um and one of the important uh moments of jack's childhood or defining qualities
0: it, it's a big moment it, like oh, the moment
1: which moment are you thinking i don't of? know
0: i was going with the death but i maybe you're not now oh, i'm guessing myself
1: actually i was going to start earlier than that when he was very young his parents got convinced that he had a weak chest oh, partially see. because around the time he was growing up like i guess a lot of children had been getting very very sick sure so all parents were very paranoid so
0: yeah i didn't read about this at all really i didn't hear about this at
1: all See, I think this is so interesting because as a result of it, they kept him inside whenever it was rainy. And I pictured that being part of the inspiration for later on when he would write, you know, the line, the witch in mm. the wardrobe, how they're all inside on a rainy day playing um, in those yeah. long hallways yeah. and hiding. And I could just see him as a child doing that because his parents won't let him go outside.
0: Yeah. And um, there's a couple of kids in the Narnia books that are sickly children, mm-hmm. too. So I could see that. Yeah, that's super interesting. And again, my my book didn't mention that at all. Really? I think maybe he mentioned that he was a sickly kid.
1: And that's weird. George Sayre, the author of my biography that I read, um, said basically there was no evidence that Clive was a sick child.
0: They just were worried about
1: it. Yeah, they were just worried about it. They were Mm. very paranoid. Uh, So yeah, he was kept inside all the time. Uh, Flora did take the boys away to the um, seaside for about three months every year. Mm, And I guess that was... You know one of the most joyous times of his life he loved the seaside he
0: definitely throughout his life and in reading my book it talks about it time and time again anytime he's by the ocean c.s lewis was happy yeah and i think again you see that in his writing there are um a lot of places where like aslan is on the beach side or at the coast or something and that represents heaven or the new land is is you know that Mm -hmm. that perfect place so i definitely can see how that translated through his writing at least later on maybe he reflected on it
1: yeah something he held close to his heart um and i mean we're coming up on the big the moment—the big one the big one the
0: big bomb the elephant in the room
1: so clive was educated by tutors at home mostly but then when he was about nine years old his mom died
0: yeah sad. which is a big deal
1: it is when you're nine you're so young <clears throat> And yeah. he was so much closer to her than his dad, and
0: which I think is normal for that that time, yeah. right? Like the mom takes care of the kids and the home, and the sons, you know, they grow up with this mom figure. The the man of the house is out doing work or in a room doing work, and you don't bother <laughs> him or or something like that. And yeah, I think I think Albert um, C.S. Lewis's dad was. I mean, he seemed like a very good person. He wasn't like an abuser of any kind. No. Um, but I'm sure there's still that that culture of you know we're
1: you're just not as close to your dad back yeah. then because your mom does Until all of the like loving stuff
0: and you're a part of his company or whatever you do because sons always took over for whatever that business was of the father right? yeah so yeah I think that it's a big deal and I know for me like so my mom <clears throat> my mom left my dad when I was seven she just straight ran away right down the street (laughs) she got an apartment (laughs) on the other side of town yeah well and she didn't she didn't go very far because of us but end of the day she left and she Mm -hmm. went somewhere else and that's a big deal that's a big scar in my life i'm 30 years old and i'm still getting over that you know and my parents are divorced and it affects everything in my life i'm a people pleaser i need attention why do you think i'm doing a podcast I need people to- Love get. him,
1: Candy. love him. Please, God.
0: Not just Candy, everybody.
1: <laughs> everybody. Um,
0: you know, I, I need attention, and it's because my mom left, right? And so, like, there's a lot that goes into that. And so, um, it's, it's, I think it's easy for people to pass over and just be like, yeah, his mom died. But it, it affects so much of, of who you are, especially at that age, mm-hmm. especially that relationship, that, well
1: it probably had a huge impact on his relationships with women well yeah we're gonna get into life. that soon
0: um, i was just gonna say like we're gonna see those scars and and that that working through all that come back um and you even see that again in his writing and in, in the narnia books in um uh the first not not the first written which was *Lion, the witch in the wardrobe but the first chronologically which is the magician's nephew um, you see this setup is this young boy is um, he, he is playing outside because his mom is ill and he's just like dreading the fact well he's not even dreading he's just kind of coming to terms with the fact that she is going to die
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the whole point of that book is that he wants to save her by going to this magic tree that has a magic fruit and if she eats it it'll heal her and she'll be good um, and I think that's something that I mean where else did he get that premise for that book other than I wish that I could have saved my mom. And you even see that in a lot of the stuff that he was, was dealing with in, in uh, such a young age where he was praying to God to bring her back to life. Well, after he was praying for him to heal her, Mm -hmm. he was praying to God to bring her back to life. Right. And he admits him as himself, like that it is more of a, a ritual thing he was doing not even as a as a christian because he didn't even consider himself a christian at that time but rather a magical ritual that he would hope would take effect in the world and bring her to life mm-hmm. so yeah it's i don't know i could go on for a while
1: <laughs> well yeah it's definitely something that like you said leaves a long-lasting emotional scar yeah. and i don't think it's surprising because i mean he wrote the magician's nephew very late in his sure. life and career yeah. so you can see he was still he didn't still... write it as a nine-year-old no <laughs> he had plenty of time to to think about it and craft the way he wanted to communicate that feeling
0: yeah so i opened up pretty emotionally right there so now it's your turn hannah what's the worst thing that's ever happened
1: to you <laughs> um i don't i, I don't know
0: <laughs> not yet uh, We're not getting there not yet, yet. okay no Maybe, so, maybe in, in another episode with a different author. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I think it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, but anyway, so after his mom died, his dad kind of sent him away for school. He'd already sent Warren away for a couple of years at that point. Because oh, that was, was kind of the was thing was to Warney do. away at that point? He had w- left. Warner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I Warren. call him by Sorry. how
0: they call him in my book. So I know other, like his proper name isn't Warney, but <laughs> that's what I call him.
1: But yeah, so Warren had been away studying at Wineyard. I don't know how to pronounce it.
0: I don't. I'm not even gonna try. I,
1: I'm gonna say Wineyard. Do it. Okay.
0: And all the English Nobody people that listen to our show can tell us it's well, pronounced Wineyard.
1: It's it's closed now, so it doesn't matter. It does spoiler not matter. alert. But uh, Warren had already been going to this school for three years. Um, sending your kids away to school, especially especially your boys, was not, you know, atypical for that time. They thought it would give them better standing in life it would teach them manners and help them make connections and stuff so it was pretty important for these middle upper middle class families who were like oh we want our our boys to do well
0: especially someone uh from england or sorry someone from ireland who wanted his boys to be more english Mm -hmm. which is what albert wanted he sent them specifically to english preparatory schools so that they can be more
1: english
0: (laughs) which is super weird
1: I mean, I think the Irish are pretty cool, but whatever. <laughs> it was a different time. Uh, but the thing is, even though his father m- meant well, he didn't really do any research on the school at all. Right. He didn't send anyone to check it out. He didn't, I don't know, make any phone calls or telegraphs or whatever he did back then. Yeah. He did not put in the research that he should have because right. Winyard was a hellhole. Yeah. It was the worst place ever.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: And, and- uh, George Sayer, at least in my biography, writes that You know, C.S. Lewis and Warren were not exaggerating because everybody who went to Wineyard was like, this is terrible. Well,
0: the guy in charge was insane. He was literally insane.
1: Headmaster Reverend Robert Capron was about 60 years old and there's speculation that he did have actual mental illness. He would basically beat pupils with a cane or whatever. Yeah, it
0: it was pretty bad. And I mean, you can see a lot of the um, process of um, C.S. Lewis becoming internal with his thoughts and, and stuff, you know, like he doesn't, he tried to be the best student he could because he didn't want to get beat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and didn't the, the headmaster liked C.S. Lewis, right? Like he actually liked him as a student?
1: I mean, he must have because he never beat him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he escaped uh, unscathed, basically, but aside from being a terrifying environment to learn in, um, Warren wrote his brother, that basically they didn't learn at all. Right. It was all about reciting yeah. lessons and memorizing stuff. So you didn't learn how to think on your own. You yeah. basically just did the same thing over and over again. So yeah. it kind of stunted, I think Warren especially thought it stunted his education.
0: <laughs> I like, we're being, we're being um, licked by this dog, Scarlett O'Hara.
1: Which is the best name for a dog ever. Also, she looks like a Scarlett O'Hara. Does she? she? She is regal looking.
0: Sure. And she likes to lick people. She which... does. I mean, that's in the original book, right? Scarlet <laughs> O'Hara just went around, licked everybody. And then she made clothes out of curtains.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the revised edition.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the sequel. I forgot.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so um, do you have any other thoughts on WineYard and what that would have done I to have his? I have a
0: lot of thoughts on it. And like to keep the keep the show going a little bit. I'm, we're going to skip over all. My
1: <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts.
0: Well, again, like it just goes into a lot of stuff that I've experienced in my life. Um, and you guys are going to get that a lot. Like his the only
1: teachers way that,
0: beat him. Not me. Um, no, my, uh, my friends I've had, I have friends and close family uh, ish who they went to a school where the, <clears throat> the principal slash pastor of that school was very, verbally and physically abusive
1: in like recent history yeah i mean
0: yeah uh yeah it is and he went to jail oh um uh and it's it's bad like it's really bad it scars people and um my friends Uh, i'm really trying to make sure i don't like point anybody yeah don't name names yeah and really like not even say the relationships too much my friends they a lot of them are very talented and a lot of them i feel a lot of their confidence is stunted by that type of relationship that they've had with someone who is supposed to teach and care and, and help people prosper. And it's really, it's really sad to think about where these people could be and where they are now. Not that where they're at now is sad, not at all. They're all very functional and loving and wonderful people, but, but um, the confidence thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the lack of confidence and you have to wonder if Lewis was going through that same thing with, you know, if if he understood where he was or what he was capable of. And I think we see that come out a lot later on with other tutors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, the experience doesn't seem to have, you know.
0: Yeah, I think he was young enough to get over it. Yeah. And he wasn't there for very long, so.
1: Also, maybe it had to do with the fact that he wasn't that invested in school. I mean, yeah. you see it even early on. He was not very interested in his classes. He was kind of a troublemaker. So yeah. it was Warren.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then when he went off to the other school, they were really all about, like, physical activities and sports. And it almost was the opposite, where he suddenly became very much about the intellectual side of school because he hated sports.
1: <laughs> yes, I, 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 I can relate to far? that. Did well, I skip too far?
0: I saw you scroll quite a bit. I can't your...
1: remember. Was that Campbell College or um, Cherbourg House in I think Malvern?
0: Was, I think it was Cherbourg. Okay, yeah. so
1: after Winyard, it actually closed because there weren't enough students because it was terrible. Yeah. So then he went to Campbell College which was closer to home, um but he didn't stay very long because of respiratory issues. Mm. So, you know, maybe he was a sickly child.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe and, he was. And yeah, I don't know.
1: But uh so then he ended up going to Malvern um and Turborg House and he stayed there until around 1913 so he would have been 15 years old. Mhm. Um and this was Interestingly enough, the, around the time he officially abandoned his Christian faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it, again, I, I don't know if it was uh, essentially that he abandoned it or that he realized he never was. True. And I think that's, that's what in the Narnia and what they talked about a little bit more is he was never a Christian because everything that he believed was all about the rituals and if i do things the right way then i'll get what i want mm-hmm. and he realized he he was never going to do them the right way and he was caused a lot of grief and stress through this because he he wanted to make his life better and it wasn't getting any better um and i and i identify with that too you know <laughs> i d- identify with coming to the realization that your faith is not the same as your father's faith and i think mm-hmm. that was his case as he was realizing he did not believe the same thing that his dad did. And I think that that's a trend that continues on almost for the rest of his father's life with the with the rest of his relationship with his father. And we see that almost come to a head with the way that they treat each other. Well, really more the way that Lewis treats his dad.
1: Yeah, I know um, the author of my biography, he mentioned largely that C.S. Lewis's treatment of his dad might not have been all that fair. Yeah. He wasn't a bad dad, but... Right they just never really connected and
0: yeah, there was a, there, there was a lot of, I I think for me, I, I see Lewis realizing how much smarter he is than his dad and it's,
1: and being kind of smug about it, kind of being a
0: dick about it. Like (laughs) he's like, Dad, you still believe that, you know, and there's actually a passage and, um, let me try and find it because it's actually super hilarious. Um, so hold on just a second. Talk about Talk about something else from your outline,
1: Tyler's going to do some really awesome stretching now to grab his book. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah awesome. it, just... it, it really wasn't that impressive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. And
1: well, go I'm and not going to keep talking because then you're going to yeah, no. interrupt with just keep talking, okay? So, also while he was at Cherbourg House in Malvern, um, the other important thing that happened was, uh, C.S. met Arthur Greaves, who would become his best friend aside from his brother, Warren, and that would be a pretty much lifelong relationship. Um, but he didn't stay there for the rest of his educational career. He ended up studying privately with his dad's former tutor, who was named William Kirkpatrick.
0: The Great Knock.
1: Is, is that what he goes by in yours? That's,
0: that's what they called him. That's what they called him? The Great Knock. The Great yeah. Knock yeah you didn't you didn't get to see no why why is that
1: his nickname
0: uh so actually i'm right on that page so that's actually good uh so in the in the narnian uh i've got uh so one of the funniest and most delightful passages in all of lewis's writing the story of his encounter with mr william t Kirkpatrick, or kurt kirk sorry or the knock (laughs) or the the old knock or dear old knock or the great knock (laughs) So like, they just they had called a, him
1: Kirk and mine.
0: Yeah, They had a, a whole list. And I feel like that's a common theme with the Lewis's. They take names and they really just rung them through the ringer. Like they just mess with people's names all the time. Yeah. I'm still looking. So He's still to looking for that. his
1: passage. Yep. It's
0: hilarious because it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Since Tyler's still skimming, Uh, so after studying with William Kirkpatrick or the Great Knock, the Old Knock, something knock.
0: I call him the Great Knock.
1: The Great Knock. It's a great nickname. Yeah. Uh, He got into Oxford for the summer term, but he didn't pass the math exam that you would normally have to because he wasn't interested in math and uh, the Great Knock did not make him do Do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. He was was all about Latin and, and literature and the classics and things yeah. like that.
1: The things that would ultimately really help him but right. at that time to get into Oxford so, you kind of
0: have to do everything. So jumping back just a little bit. I'm, n- I I'm knew gonna, you were going to do I'm this. Gonna, <laughs> no, I'm going <laughs> to abandon that uh, because I can't find it and it's an entire freaking book and it's not going to happen. So, uh, But um, just jumping back a little bit Lewis really liked the classics and he liked reading poems and like big long poems and this oh, is for sure i don't understand this can we just talk about long po- long form poetry for a second
1: we can talk about any po- kind of poetry <laughs>
0: like you like poetry no oh you don't like poetry
1: no not really
0: amy do you like poetry, love poetry. amy loves poetry amy's better than me guys have you read like a long form poem before uh, like one of the classics uh, like homer's like, iliad Beowulf or, or something. Beowulf is a good one. Highly influential in C.S. Lewis's life and the Tolkien's. Odyssey. The Odyssey, yeah. So these are these are poems. People write poems and tell entire epic stories with them. I can't write a haiku <laughs> to save my life, but people are writing epic, long ass poems. Yep how does that have how do people well, do that
1: and he was really a snob about it too he did not approve of freeform poetry or anything he mm-hmm. liked the very rigid formulaic yeah a
0: b a a c c formula royal or whatever it's called it's dumb
1: stanzas and all that <laughs> stuff and yeah
0: but what's funny is he was bad at it but we're gonna get to that in a
1: little bit yeah he wasn't great at it
0: yeah um
1: but he did love it and um he, he quoted it to his students later on very passionately. And as Sayer, who was one of his students at one point, said, his delight was infectious.
0: Mm. So I he, think,
1: he really loved it. But and I people think, aren't good at things I they love all the people time. People
0: can be like that. I think I'm like that about stuff. I really do. Uh, again, not comparing myself to C.S. Lewis. He's but comparing
1: himself to C.S. Lewis. A
0: little bit. But me and C.S. Lewis are best friends because <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because when I get excited about something, like even if people don't understand it they use, like they're usually kind of like oh i get it you know but if somebody else like we were talking about skyrim the other just a few minutes ago <laughs> right before we started recording i i've watched someone try to explain skyrim to someone who didn't understand it they're like, What is Skyrim? And someone jumps in in front of them is like, In the days of old <laughs> <laughs> the darkness came upon the world and elves entered the land. And it's like, Okay, uh no one's gonna get that. <laughs> but if you're just like excited about something like you you I don't know, there's a certain infectiousness that people can Yeah, can I think have people
1: naturally like it when people are excited about stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Like,
0: when I talk about chocolate chip cookies.
1: Are you excited about chocolate chip cookies?
0: I've been trying to get my wife to make me chocolate chip cookies for, like, a month.
1: Rebecca, make him chocolate chip cookies. Thank you. This is a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum,
0: bum. Make chocolate chip cookies.
1: Brought to you by Between Lewis and Lovecraft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we were talking about poetry. Uh, before I, I you were saying infectious because he's super he was super it. into it yeah
1: even though a lot of his poetry didn't do super well later on mm-hmm. he was very into it
0: yeah yeah he was and um I had something else that I was going to talk about but I don't remember what it is now he liked to go on walks yeah Did, were you gonna talk about that at all
1: I mean, later on, because he and some of his writer buddies, they went on long walks. Like
0: long walks. Long,
1: like 3 a.m. and they were still walking walks. Yeah.
0: It's insane.
1: Well, they we'll didn't have TV back later, then. We'll talk about I guess. Yeah.
0: Real quick. Did you, do you know how he ended up tutoring with Kirk? Kirk well,
1: he was a friend of his dad, or well, his dad's previous yeah, tutor.
0: But the, the great old knock didn't want him, some, someone as young as him to come tutor with him because he, he was already working with Warren. Right. So do you know how he impressed him? No. So um, Albert's like, yo, this kid's real smart and he needs a tutor because right now he's just at at home. Right. He's just hanging out at home for a few months before he goes somewhere else. And uh, Albert's like, dude, take this kid, too. He's super smart. And the knock's like, all right, here's what I'll do for you. Here's some Latin. Just just have have him try to translate as much as he can. Let's just see where he's at with that. So, C.S. Lewis sits down and translates all of the Latin that he's been given. Nice. They send it back, and Kirkpatrick is like, yo, this kid not only translated all of it, but he did it better than most scholars my age would do it. So, yeah, send that kid over, because I got a lot to teach him. What, like that, that's, he was like 12, 13, what? He was like 15. Know, 15 <laughs> years old, and he's translating Latin yeah. better than scholars... Who, who, that's what they study is Latin.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how smart this guy he's is. He's so smart. So I guess the fact that he was a poor student should not reflect on yeah, his so we actual at all. Yeah, he's bad at, at math. At but he's bad at math. He, I think there was some part in there where they're like, he didn't really study some languages as well as he should have, sure. like Italian and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, if you can do English and Latin, I guess you're okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Latin doesn't matter anymore. But. It's your
0: ability to construct sentences, and and he knows, he understands it to, for for enough to seem at least a little bit smart. And that's the thing. I, I was talking to someone about this because I do that. I get excited and I talk about C.S. Lewis, and and people people are like, "Really? Is that smart?" And it's like, "Yeah, man." And like, I just thought he wrote like the Narnia books, and that was it. It's like, no, he wrote he wrote like Narnia wasn't till the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole career spanning before that, that he was writing existential things, morality stuff. You know, his his Christian um, life and everything that goes into the apologetics of his life. Like he he was, came in
1: hot, really, at the start of his career.
0: Yeah, he did, and he's known for Narnia, but he he is his legacy involves so much more. And honestly, the man was a genius, and I and I I don't think people recognize that enough and i mean he has his his weird moments and he has he's dumb in some places but he still was a genius and i think that there's a need to understand that as we go into the college years because that's where a lot of that is is really filtered out and you see a lot of that and and the military stuff too
1: yeah so the thing is his math scores or lack thereof basically (laughs) kept him from Getting into Oxford after that first summer term. Yeah. Um, so he ended up joining the officers' training corps and then had to join a cadet battalion and stop studying. Um, but strangely enough, that was what allowed him to return to Oxford because at the time if you had been in the service you didn't have to pass those exams I guess it was some little little perk yeah so it turned out to be good that he had to join the military
0: yeah well and and yeah in my book it it said if if it hadn't been for his service he would never have gotten into Oxford
1: and that that would have changed everything everything Oxford was a huge part of his career his influences who he met yeah 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 everything would have been different Um, so do we want to talk about the military next? Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a, that's a big part of his life. Yeah. And there's, there's a few different reasons. Um, number one, like, I think everybody knows that Tolkien fought in, in World War One. That's where a lot mm-hmm. of the Lord of the Rings stuff comes from, right? His older brother fought in the war, mm-hmm. um, and was there quite a while before him. But even those two didn't see as much action as Lewis did lewis went right into the trenches yeah like immediately um and almost immediately got trench fever and then he immediately went to a hospital and just hung out for a few months by the (laughs) by the coast
1: i mean he got to be by the coast right yeah he likes that
0: (laughs) um he has uh his friend from from the military do you remember his roommate
1: uh edward patty moore
0: yes yeah, um, and that ended up
1: being a huge influence on his life.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so real quick, let's let's step back. Let's talk about his friends a little bit uh, before this period, right? Because he didn't have many.
1: No, he <laughs> basically had his brother. And, and one friend. then uh, Greaves. Arthur. Arthur Greaves.
0: Yeah, Arthur Greaves is, to me, one of the coolest side characters I've ever heard of. And, and I'd love to, I mean, there's not much more that I know about him other than, he was C.S. Lewis's best friend throughout his childhood and very good friend throughout his life. Um, Arthur ended up um, being a, a huge influence in uh, C.S. Lewis's Christian walk because throughout his childhood, he was the, the only Christian that he could talk to about things, right? Because he and C.S. Lewis really they disagreed on stuff and they really didn't have a lot in common. But what they did have in common was the books that they liked to read, um, the myths and stories that they would come up with. Um, An interesting fact is Arthur was gay and a Christian and C.S. Lewis's best friend, which I just, I (laughs) think it's just the coolest thing. Like, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about Stranger Things, (laughs) which is a great conversation to have. And you asked me about, uh, well, we were talking about- You asked me
1: about one of the characters. Right. And at one point- no spoilers here or anything but one of the characters says you just don't like girls right but he doesn't say yet so we were wondering if the implication was that that other character was gay right which then led to arthur greaves who i feel like my book kind of skimmed over that they it didn't really bring it up at all it didn't really no oh that's too bad yeah
0: Uh, well (laughs) and yeah so um so that conversation led to there because we're talking about you know in this in this 80s era of, of Stranger Things, if it would have been weird to have, to be so accepting of someone who's gay. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm talking about how, like, in every era, you've got people who are very accepting of that. And I it seems to me that C.S. Lewis was one of those people. And and I liked what you brought up, where, where you said it, maybe it's because he wasn't a Christian.
1: Yeah, he was not a Christian at that time. Maybe that made it easier.
0: Yeah. And, and to, to me it, you know there is um, there's a certain sense of like you know even if you're not a Christian at that time era you're still like it's still weird it's still the you early
1: know, 1900s right
0: like it's not something that people were very okay with and um, and so for C.S. Lewis even if he's not a Christian to be so accepting of his friend like that I think that's just super cool yeah uh, and maybe I'm looking at it from the 2019 wanting to revive history to be cool but i don't know
1: that's just me i mean i think it is cool for that time period it's like yeah you know you're going out on a limb being friends with someone who's probably ostracized by a lot of society
0: probably um and so so he has arthur as a friend and then he meets um i forget his name every time (laughs) patty (laughs) they basically call him patty because it's a joke and i don't like that name so i forget (laughs) it immediately so he meets patty moore
1: And he becomes super close with his family because, um, Patty's mom, I, she had some sort of abode near Mm. where they were. Mm -hmm. And so on weekends and stuff, she would have, you know, CS over and then also other cadets or whatever. Her home was always open to them. Yeah. And he became super close with Patty and his mom to the point where later on in life, he lived with Patty's mom. Well, and they they (laughs) made a pact,
0: right? They made a pact. Patty and, and Lewis made a pact that, um... If one of them dies at war, the other will take care of the other one's, uh, parent.
1: So you guys know where this is going, right?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, Patty did die in the war, um, and Lee- Lewis, I mean, by all accounts, lived up to his end of that, that, um... Packed, right because uh he got really weird with it
1: he got really weird. does your book like acknowledge this because i had to put a little disclaimer in my yeah i saw that in the outline i have the old version of this book where george sayer was like very pure and was like no Mm -hmm. jack was just like really good friends with mrs moore he was taking care of her and then later on he was like yeah i was being naive they were they were totally doing
0: it (laughs) um yeah so in the narnian there is a lot of talk about that um um, they get in they get in they get kind of meta with it too where um they talk about the relationship itself and then they talk about other commentators and their commentations on that relationship one person who's a a critic of c.s lewis's life um an author and all that was doing a um a talk uh a, not a sermon it's not a sermon lecture a, a lecture thank you so much that's what i'm here for um he was doing a lecture about c.s lewis and somebody straight up in the audience was like hey hey did they do it <laughs> and the the lecturer was like um well you know there's evidence and then the lecturer's wife in the very back of the of the auditorium is like just tell them they did it. That's what they want to hear. <laughs> so, like, so people, it's hard for people to say they didn't. Right? They didn't. Because of the, yeah, because of the relationship that they had. There, it's super hard for people to be like, no, they weren't, they weren't having sex. Yeah. They were just, you know, and so it's hard for them to say they didn't. But there's no evidence, no, no. evidence at all that they did. All of, um, his letters to her were burned in '45 when she thought she was going to die, and he did not keep any of her letters to him.
1: That seems pretty incriminating.
0: I mean, the lack <laughs> of evidence does feel like evidence in of itself, but but I mean, there's nothing to say they definitely like he gave it to Miss Bell. <laughs> like, there's nothing saying that.
1: Yeah, um, and to be fair, in the like revision or whatever in this, uh, he, the basis for him altering his. Opinion on whether or not they were hooking up uh, was about talks with her daughter who lived with them, so yeah. maybe she would know. She, I mean, she's living with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, how much
0: older was he than the daughter? Like, not much older, right? Oh, the,
1: probably not, because I mean, Mrs. Moore is his friend, who his, 30 is thirty years age. older. Yeah, she's she's a lot older than him.
0: Yeah. 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 And um, and one of the things, and this goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, where he lost his mom when he was seven, right? And a lot of people look at it. Um, one person even talks about like if if it started out sexual, which it po- very much could have started out sexual, it could have very much developed into a mother son relationship, which is super yeah, weird super gross, right uh, it's it's very much this kind of Oedipus relationship but but it could be there where like, You know a lot of uh a lot of younger gentlemen uh are attracted to (laughs) older women uh because there's this weird fantasy of like you know they know more (laughs) or something and so he very much could have got caught up in that and um and then as they as he formed a relationship with her outside of that it It grew more and more and became less lustful and more about um having someone above him in in age a a feminine figure who was willing to keep him accountable and someone that he could tell his hopes and and stuff to and and i read that one passage to you out of the narnian where it says you know in 1922 he started to keep a diary (laughs) and it is the most boring dull document ever right?
1: Which, with all of this going on in his life, it seems like it would be the total opposite.
0: But the reason they think that he wrote this diary is so that he could read it to Maureen. Mm. Maureen, right? Mrs. Moore.
1: Oh, no, Maureen was the daughter. The daughter,
0: I'm sorry, not Maureen, yeah. To Mrs. Moore, because it was this chance for him to create dialogue with her and explain his life to her. And so, like, it's weird, but I, I, I could see that happening Especially as Mrs. Moore gets to the 80s point. Did her she make
1: lo- it to 80? I think
0: it was 87.
1: Oh, she was 87
0: when she died. Gross. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, real quick, did your <laughs> book mention at all about Jack's fetish? No. No? Oh, man, it's so weird. Jack had a fetish. Which was? And I was talking to the Watermans here at the Book Nook about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Megan just said, uh-oh, in the background.
0: So, uh, C.S. Lewis liked to spank. He was a spanker.
1: <laughs> Amy takes the headphones off.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I'm so glad I got, like, the sanitized version of his life. <laughs> so, there's,
0: there's three, three um, bits of evidence, and I'm going to paraphrase, but this is all from the Narnian. The first bit is from letters sent to Arthur um his childhood best friend
1: and he seemed the, to really open up about all of his weird yeah, was, stuff to because arthur. arthur
0: opened up to him yeah right and he would talk about how much he wanted to spank girls like he would talk about that um and then um there were there were there's something else where at college when he was at oxford he would he would actively be like
1: pursuing that yeah, yeah, where he'd be
0: like, yeah, that girl, I could, oh, I could spank Swipe that. Right. I'm obviously making up. You know, he's probably higher, higher English than that, but, you know, the oh, look at is that am over there. I'd like to give that a little butt, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But there is one incident for sure, incident for sure where he went to a party and got way too drunk, and then he paid a shilling for every spank he could do to people. He would pay people... To spank them. A shilling for every spank. How
1: much is a shilling worth these days? I don't know. But he went through his allowance real fast. (laughs) Like... All those Christians listening, this is your hero.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously, right? Like, uh, it's so crazy. But everybody's weird. Everybody has a weird thing. Well,
1: and actually, now that you mention that, I guess he did mention it a little bit in my book. He said that he definitely went through, like, a sadistic time and yeah. he was thinking about stuff like that
0: yeah and and I think that was it and I think that's probably where it played out I don't know if that party was the end of it and maybe like the next morning <laughs> his friends are like dude that was weird dude what was that about
1: don't do that again <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you're <yeah>. embarrassing us
0: <laughs> so yeah that C.S. Lewis did have a fetish. well I think it's
1: interesting like I got the vibe that he really didn't like women that much mm. especially women his own age because he I mean George Sayer wrote that he was really attracted to like feminine beauty, but he was kind of judgmental about girls and would like, you know, deride their intellect and stuff and say that they weren't mature enough and stuff like that. So I feel like, and I don't think he necessarily had any relationships really until possibly Mrs. Moore, which was when he was an adult. Yeah. And she was obviously much older. <laughs> A much so, more adult. <laughs> yeah, she was much adultier. <laughs> so I, I just think he had some girl problems, possibly because his mom died when he was so young. Yeah. He was. Well, and, and his I mean, where was he were around women
0: other no, than his mom? Yeah,
1: and they mentioned that. It's like he didn't have any female relatives his own age that he right. was hanging out with. He, the servants
0: would leave him alone. Yeah. So that he could just go and read. So even if he had female servants in the house, they were. He was taught at a young age that women were supposed to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. His mom died, women leave him alone, and then he goes and just, he hangs out with guys all the time.
1: And his brother Warren was the same way. Mm-hmm. He never married.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think they both kind of grew up in this way where they were very detached from women.
0: Right. It's super weird, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. That's my ex <laughs> He thing. doesn't know. know <laughs> So, getting back into the military. Yeah,
1: getting away from his weird relationships. <laughs> I, like which... how, I like how we were
0: like, let's talk about his military. No, let's talk
1: about spanking. <laughs> it's because he met her around the same time he joined the military. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to just explain that whole drama Right, first. yeah, you kind of
0: do, uh, because he like every time he had leave, yeah. he would spend it with Mrs. Moore.
1: And that really strained his already strained relationship with his dad...
0: Yeah.
1: Poor poor Albert. Yeah. (laughs) So unappreciated. So this is
0: this is actually a, a good way to kind of segue into this. You know, he had he had a hard time with his dad. And when he left for war, his dad didn't come say goodbye. Did you know that?
1: Yes, but that was because his telegraph was super confusing, right? See,
0: in my book, he makes it not confusing. Really?
1: Yeah, that's Mine, so
0: interesting that your the that version that reading. I read,
1: it was like he sent him this indecipherable thing that was like France on Tuesday or something. Yeah, <laughs> and his dad talking, was like, because I'm gonna look what for it. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and so um, C.S. Lewis resented Albert for not showing up, but George Sayer, in his book, defends Albert and is like, yeah, nobody in their right mind could have made sense of that telegraph. Like it's not his fault. He didn't show up.
0: Yeah, I guess, uh, it's funny. It's super funny mm-hmm. because in, uh, Alan Jacobs, the author of the Narnian, the Narnian does the complete opposite. He history um, is fake guys. So, uh, traveling quickly to Mrs. Moore's house nearby Bristol, Patty had already gone to the front. He sent an, ur- uh, he being Lewis sent an urgent message to his father. And this is what it says have arrived Bristol on 48 hours leave report Southampton Saturday can you come Bristol if so at station reply mrs. Moore's address 56 Ravenswood Road Redlands Bristol Jack that's what he wrote and uh, and and yeah this is this is I mean it's a telegram it's not like an, an author's novel <laughs> but um, but you know uh, Alan Jacob goes in and talks about like you know this is that he he knew he was at, he was gonna be shipped off. he knew he was in this area and all this. so everything should have lined up and Albert should have understood it perfectly fine at the very least enough to be in motion to get to his son who gave him an address and said, I've got 48 hours come here within 48 hours right like there's enough information to start the motion even if you're like wait what's happening <laughs> what, what's going on you've Your got 48 hours do you, do you to it. question amy uh, oh okay. she's <laughs> just stretching
1: she's <laughs> yeah
0: um but yeah so like to me i guess because i read the narnian and i was influenced in this direction uh albert's a dick <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, maybe.
0: You, do but you disagree still?
1: I don't There were other examples, too. Like, one of the ones was after he got, like, a month of leave toward the beginning of his military career. Yeah. He didn't go directly to Belfast. He spent a few weeks with Mrs. Mrs. Moore. Moore and Patty. Yep. And then went to Belfast. Yeah. And if I was someone's dad, that would hurt my feelings. Sure.
0: It would piss me off. Yeah. So um, I
1: think they were both at fault.
0: I, I do too. I think that
1: as in most relationships, <laughs>
0: yeah, nobody's both people perfect. are really bad. But um, I think C.S. Lewis is at fault for one. I mean, being so freaking horny, right?
1: <laughs> wanting <some> of that
0: Miss <laughs> Moore, she wanted,
1: he wanted more. <laughs> oh, that was right there, and you yeah, just took it. I just
0: it's a low hanging fruit, and uh, and then like I think Albert. I mean, at this point, Albert's dealing with a lot of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. or that's what they think um he's drinking a lot and he's dealing with the fact that he's alone in this house he doesn't have his children they're both going off to war um and so um there was a lot of pain for him yeah
1: there. and that probably didn't make him act any better no hurt people hurt people so <laughs>
0: yeah and um so i think that there was a great divide between them and uh and that's how c.s lewis went off to, to war yeah He went to the trenches like I said before he he did a lot uh, at at the front yeah and um, do you have anything specific before I get into what I'm gonna get into
1: oh well I was just gonna mention that pretty early on he got trench fever and ended up in the hospital and at that point his relationship it seemed like was a little bit strained with his brother too yeah Uh, but when Warren realized like that he was actually sick I made a note of it he rode a bicycle 50 miles To see his brother in the hospital. Yeah. And then rode 50 miles back. Yeah. Which I don't think my sister would do that for me.
0: So it's not actually when he was sick. And that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm trying to get to.
1: Oh yeah. That was with uh, his second hospitalization. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. You talk about why he ended up in the hospital that time.
0: So Lewis saw action. Um, And we're talking about World War I where like there were days, weeks where you didn't do any fighting. You would just sit in the trench, which and, was miserable. Yeah, and you would get fever or and trench you know, foot, bored, and shoot each other's feet and Gross. <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, and uh, and then there were times where I mean the battles would be the most horrific battles that you can think of. I think, I mean, I I, I still think from what I know, and I don't know a whole lot, but he was there. Uh, from <laughs> I'm a hundred years old, guys, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. The World War I warfare was, was pretty darn crazy. What was that noise? Oh, it's... It,
1: it was the computer again. Uh, they pretty, can't hear it. Pretty darn
0: crazy. And, and I know World War II was crazy as well, but with the trench warfare, especially on the Western Front, was... I mean, it was never been done again, and, and that's the first of its because time. Because it was so miserable. It was miserable. You have machine guns who would just cut people in half if they just popped their head out to look over, you know, and, and so he was in the middle of this, and he went into battle and his entire uh, group, uh, squad, uh, platoon, I don't know what it'd be called.
1: We're his, not in the military, guys. His entire
0: team. Battalion. <laughs> um,
1: they scored a touchdown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the sports ball team went into the field, um, and they all died, except for Lewis, who, while he lived, was very much injured. And... Uh so this is the time when warney uh sent a letter or got a letter from his dad somehow a letter got sent around
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh I believe it went like this c s Lewis sent a letter to his father and said, I have been injured and he put it moderately injured. His dad sent a letter to warney and said c s or you know Jack has been severely injured and uh, Warney drove all the way up to the hospital, 50 miles. Road.
1: Road his bicycle.
0: Oh, I thought it was a motorcycle.
1: I think it was a bicycle.
0: Oh, we're going to have to look this up.
1: I think he, he tried real hard to get there,
0: but we're going to leave that for the next episode. <laughs> That's the big cliffhanger. Not that Jack is injured and might be severely injured to the point of death. I mean, is he going to live guys? We don't know. At 20 it years could go old, either way. I mean, he's not going to ride Narnia for another 30 <laughs> years, but he might die. The real cliffhanger is, did Warren drive a motorcycle or ride a bicycle? <laughs> 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 50 miles to see his brother in the hospital. We'll pick up there next time.
1: On uh, Between Lewis and Lovecraft. You, you got it. All right. I didn't know if you were going to say it or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. before we get out of here just wanted to let you know in the next episode we're going to be talking about a few different things like i mean number one the big mystery how did warren get to c.s lewis
1: because now i'm really questioning
0: we all have to figure that out uh hannah questions my chronological order of reading the lion the witch and the wardrobe and then all the others or the magician's nephew we're going to talk about that We're going to talk about the academic career that comes after all the military stuff. I mean, if C.S. Lewis survived. Yeah. Right. We haven't
1: confirmed that yet.
0: And then also if he survived his second super weird relationship with a woman, (laughs) a.k.a. his marriage.
1: But first, to get that next episode, you'll have to find us. So you can uh, check out our Facebook, which is Between Lewis and Lovecraft, and that's the ampersand for the and yeah
0: it's Uh, a cool looking little thing
1: yeah you should check out tyler's logo because it's amazing oh thank you yeah and then you can also email us if you have any comments uh or questions for future episodes um and that address is lewis and lovecraft all spelled out at gmail.com and help support us subscribe review us tell a friend
0: yeah so uh subscribe to our show um wherever you can wherever you get our podcast. I mean, you're already listening to the show, so you, you should have something. Yeah. Uh, if not, ask your grandson to help you find <laughs> um, but Or no, me, I'll help you, grandma. Yeah. It, or email us and we'll show you where to go to subscribe to our show because then you can stay up to date. We're going to be releasing a lot of shows really quick all at once. And then, you know, hopefully periodically after that. Um,
1: you should also rate and review us on iTunes or on Facebook.
0: Yeah. If like, if you're not into iTunes, If you want to leave a review, Facebook is the place to do it. But if you're really trying to help our show, um, guys, I cannot stress enough how important it is that you review our show and rate our show on iTunes. It is the way to get uh, your show out there is through iTunes.
1: If you love us.
0: If you love us. You'll
1: rate and review us on iTunes.
0: But the number one thing that they can do
1: is tell a friend. Yeah. Or, hey, Hannah,
0: I heard of this great new podcast. Oh yeah, what's it called? Between Lewis and Lovecraft, they talk about books and authors and people spanking each other.
1: I love books and authors and no comment on the other one, so <laughs> I'm definitely to say, gonna subscribe. I way for you to say and people spanking <laughs> each other. <laughs> I can't, my parents might listen to this. Yeah,
0: and you can't say that in front I of them? I can't say that. Mom, dad, I read about people spanking each other.
1: But it's C.S. Lewis. Yeah, the great Christian it. icon, yeah. so it's so, okay. Guys,
0: remember, uh, subscribe it, wherever you can, leave a review, rate us, and um, tell a friend. Spank him. Tell a friend.
1: <laughs> Pay a <Pamela> shilling first. <laughs> yes,
0: of course. Thank you, guys, so much for listening to our show. One real quick little thing: I just wanted to give a shout out to Jake Basson for the amazing music that he contributed to our show just say thank you so much man it was it sounds great at least to me if you guys like it let us know so we can let Jake know